All right, oh, welcome to the King Tadpole. Waka waka waka. I am your host, uh, Chase Pond, and Rihanna and Craig, both along with me for the ride of the Game Tadpole. Now, for today, we have basically three main things to talk about. And depending how how things flow, uh, Craig also wanted to bring up an update on uh, Oddworld Soulstorm, but it depends because I, I want to make sure we everything flows right. Just a little tiny bit. So we might get to it. We might get to it. But it, it depends on how things go. The things that we're going to focus on, though, Outriders. That game came out two weeks ago. Or yeah, a week ago, it came out April 1st. And I've played quite a bit of it, so I have some thoughts now playing the full game. Pac-Man 99, the next installment of these uh, Battle Royale retro games, started with Tetris 99, then... For a limited time, there was that Super Mario 35. So now Pac-Man's turn to get into that retro craze. Is it worth it? Especially that's free, or at least a part of it. As far as news, well, it's pretty much one discussion, but a, a very important one. Sony's been making quite a few decisions that may not be uh, favorable. And as this week went on, there's been more news about what they've been doing now craig actually brought up something to me at the end of last week but this week there's some more stuff and i'm like geez i'm looking at microsoft i'm like you know what maybe maybe i was wrong about you you want he you know come over here come over to my room okay i don't know <laughs> i don't know what i meant by that yeah i don't i don't know what you meant by that either hey when i meant my room i meant my room to play games i don't mean anything like 18 plus or anything like that it's the Microsoft Xbox can't anyway. come over anyways yeah okay. however before we get started there is one news story that we messed up on last week and I think it's important to bring it up one of my friends is a huge Genshin Impact fan so take that for what you will but she shared me a video addressing the controversy that happened last week regarding a certain character supposedly offending uh, indigenous culture and then the whole debate about uh, some update uh, with a character changing that character to being supposedly underage and confessing his love turns out the person who made all those allegations or concerns about the game was not actually indigenous at all it was a white guy pretending to be an indigenous man (laughs) pretending to be well it was a guy posing as like someone who is from like the, the the tribe that he was saying yeah this is kind of offending or just very offensive to us but it turns out that guy was lying about his nation or his race uh, or nationality and that brought in so many questions about this whole controversy in the first place and with that I think it is important, just a reminder that we do need to do our research when talking about these subjects, because it is true. Some of this controversy, whenever something gets uh, hashtagged of cancel this, cancel that, not always out of a true reason. And I'm not like, and I'm not coming at this as like a, a total Genshin Impact fan. I'm just saying this has happened before, where some game, some person, someone was under lots of controversy for something that was either blown out of proportion or just not really taken at the right context. So, and even that, Genshin Impact is so big that even when there is legitimate controversy, people are still going to play that. Like, like, really, Genshin Impact is still, like, one of the most streamed games. Like, th- this boycott Genshin Impact did nothing. Like, people just went back to playing the game. So, I just... I, yeah, it is what... I'm not saying complete disregard, but just with everything, we just can't just, you know, automatically root for one side. We have to do our research. I think that is important. So to Genshin Impact, I am sorry. I hope you forgive me. And then Genshin Impact's like, I don't even know you. (laughs) I have way too many people playing my game. Who are you again? All right. Fair enough. New number. Who this? Okay. (laughs) yeah it makes sense why they didn't really make a statement out of this they're like are you freaking kidding me are you you serious but anyway outriders 
It's a new uh, first third person shooter from People Can Fly, developers of Painkiller, Bulletstorm, Gears of War, mostly the PC ports and Gears of War Judgment. This is their new big ambitious game, third person like action adventure where we're going to mix all the things we've done previously, all the elements that we had, and turn this into a Gears of War with fantasy elements. Almost like Final Fantasy in a way. When you open up the game, there's this CG cutscene and it you could mistaken it for a Final Fantasy opening because of like all of the fantasy mythology that comes out. Like there's a dragon flying around uh, the planet of Enoch and just seeing like everything going on around the environment. I'm like, okay, I could see why they teamed up with Square Enix because there isn't an aesthetic to this that's kind of, you know, up their alley. And when I played the demo, I was like, wow, this is a game that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, it doesn't do anything new, but, you know, it's from developers who are great at this these type of games they worked on. And the combat was solid. I uh, love the enemies. The characters, they're fun. I mean, it was kind of cheesy, but I still actually got invested more so than I did in any other People Could Fly game because... Those stories are not good at all, despite how fun they are. Well, there's one thing I could say, taking from playing so many hours of Outriders, is that I just don't like live service games. This was something that was kind of a debate over what this game was as it was coming out. Is it or is it not a live service game? Is it a game that you have to constantly be connected to the internet? Will there be microtransactions and seasonal raids or updates? And from previews, it looked like that wasn't the case. They didn't talk about, hey, here's our post-launch DLC ahead of before the game comes out, which I think is good. Focus on the game before afterwards of the game. But the first thing you notice before playing it is that you need to be connected to a server. Therefore, confirming that this is a live service game. There's no single player to that. You can play this game by yourself, but you're still connected to the internet. You're still having to log in and authenticate, which leads to the issues you may have read at launch that there was an overbearing amount of people trying to sign in that they got some connection cuts out, cutouts. And I've experienced those a few times like I would try to log into the game and either the game would take forever to load or it would kick me out and there's still occasion where I wouldn't try to sign in and it would just keep saying sign in so I'd have to back out of the game and to go right into it again and unfortunately this game isn't completely polished there's still some bugs I face that are very uh annoying in fact you know, I had the controversial opinion of loving Cyberpunk 2077. I even said that in my experience, I've not had these bugs or glitches that I've seen so many other people go through. I was surprised because I was playing on the PS4 version. So taken from that, my experience is different from others. But based on my experience with Cyberpunk, I've had less issues with that game than I did with Outriders. Outriders is has some technical issues that I will, you know, go into full detail. But to say, is there anything good about this? Well, you know, paying sixty bucks on a PlayStation or PC platform now, given on Xbox, it is free because it's a part of the Game Pass. So if you have Xbox Game Pass, you don't have to pay anything for Outriders. I think that's actually a pretty good deal. Because the gameplay, you know, the combat is solid. Again, when you go to later into the game and and get to customize your loot that you collected, the the different weapons, and just look at all the different machine guns, shotguns, some machine guns, bolt action rifles. There's no, like, missile launchers, but you have different skill sets. Like, there's some neat customization going on with your character even if the rpg elements are kind of light a little bit it's mostly an act, it's more of an action game than it is an rpg which there's nothing wrong with that and what i find interesting is that 
the game keeps piling on the the different bosses or I mean different enemies you'll fight. Like I mentioned when playing the demo that I I encountered a boss battle that was a soldier with a shotgun and he had a like a flaming tornado circling around that you could control and launch at you. That became a regular enemy at the face. So that was something interesting where they'll introduce a new type of enemy and treat that as a mini boss. And then that becomes a regular enemy on top of all the other enemies you have to fight, which leads to more hectic battles that would put your test or your skills in limit. I love that this is a game where it's a cover-based shooter, but you're, you can't rely on cover all the time because these enemies will flank you. They'll move around and try to get in front of your cover so you're constantly having to move around the arena. And I do like that. The, you're on your feet. You're not just sitting down and just uh, taking headshots. You have to keep moving and keep using the mixture of your powers and your arsenal. And I do appreciate that. that I mean, that brings me to experiences like Doom, for example, or the recent Doom games. And that makes the action really exciting, despite that it can also be pretty hard playing it by yourself. But there is a caveat, like probably the the trade-off is that you can adjust the difficulty. There is this tier and you, you can change the tier level on the fly. The only difference is that, you know, the lower the tier, the less rare loot you get. So depends on this risk or reward system you want to take. I think that that system is very interesting. And the other thing of... The fact that if you die, you just respawn right before the previous encounter. So you're not having to go a whole long way as to some other games. So it's doing some cool things. And even if the superpowers of the characters that you build up is, is kind of light, I, I still like having using ice abilities to freeze my enemies in their tracks or use some sort of like psychic ability. I mean, if anything, I would say the skills remind me more of Mass Effect than they do of some other more deeper RPGs. I'm not saying like Mass Effect isn't a deep RPG, but this being very action orientated, there's not a lot of like numbers that go along the way outside of just health and other familiar RPG elements. But I mean, you know, I mean, there's certain games where you have deeper skill sets and, and other things and choices as well. And this is kind of light. And regarding the story, I mean, later on, it gets really silly. I mean, there's this whole thing about uh, environment. It has a whole message about the ecosystem, about global warming. Because the plot is that they go to the planet of Ignok because the Earth has been messed up. So they want to harvest and colonize this planet. And it turns out this planet is uh, not happy with them. So there's this whole, uh, there's this whole type of message about preservation. I, I like that it's bringing that up, but it, you know, it gets over the top. It gets goofy. There is an alien character you rescue, and he 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 talks like this. You save me. You're the prophecy of everything. So it's kind of like, kind of like the. Uh... I don't know what it's called. No, it's it's a guy who always talks like this. Thank you for saving me. You're like, the outsider. You're the outriders. Like he's losing his voice. Kind of yeah, like, he, yeah, he's kind of. So it's like those breathy, those those prophet, you know, the prophecy type here. I mean, there's there's a lot of types here. Okay, my pretty. Hat. No, not like that. He's like, oh, thank you for saving me. I need to use the restroom. Where do you find the border? Wow, I don't think that was on there. Uh... And the game still has a sense of humor. If anything, I think the story reminds me of Guillermo del Toro's Hellboy movies. Because the protagonist kind of acts like Hellboy a lot. The way he reacts to everything. And that's what makes the story entertaining. Even when it gets really stupid and... generic when it comes to the the more dramatic moments it tries to throw in so i mean storytelling is still not the strong part but at least with this the characters are having fun and i mean if anything fun characters is better than people just speaking all types of 
serious philosophy and you're just getting bored. I mean, the game gets so silly. There's a mission where there's an old man in like, uh, I think it was Trenchtown and he goes to your custom character going, hey, Outrider, could you check on my youngest ones? I hope they're okay. And then you go to their house up on like a lake or somewhere. And it's just two couples just fighting like uh, uh, almost like people from, uh, they got a, like a Brooklyn accent. It's like, hey, what are you doing over there? You're supposed to be cleaning my room. I am cleaning my room. And, and they're just fighting back and forth. And your outrider is like, hey, your, your grandpa wanted me. Hey, who is this person? Ah, oh, don't worry about it. Go clean your room. I clean your room. Oh, I'm doing all the work. No, you're doing it. So they're just fighting back and forth. And your, your character is like, okay, I, I'm going to get out of here. So <laughs> that was like, just really goofy fun moments like that there's even a part where you're having to save some uh like like colony members from a cult and after you kill the cult leader uh usually in these types of stories you have the hero go you are saved from the cult i have freed you from uh, what you're about to witness instead he's like get out of here get the crap out of here go shoo shoo so I like he has that sort of don't give a crud moment, although it can be pretty mean-spirited because he has fun. He has way too much fun killing people. That sounds like an evildoer. Way too much fun killing people. Well, your main character, he's more of an anti-hero than anything. Like, yeah, he'll save the good, but I mean, he, he he's not one of those people who will hold back on, on uh, brutally killing people he doesn't like. So there's that. And, and I mean, it, it, go, it goes to different environments. Again, you go to a volcano, you go to do like an ice mountain. I mean, it, all sorts of colorful lands, fighting all types of creatures. What I will say is that the game advertises of, hey, this is going to be a, uh, a, a game where every single mission you go, it feels different. You're not just doing the same thing over and over again. That is false. Yes, there are play missions where you're going through different areas, but you're fighting the same enemies almost all the time. Occasionally, that's when they'll throw in a new enemy and, and introducing them is cool. I mean, it brings in new tactics, but then after that, you're going to fight that enemy like 20 times all over again. So yeah, you could say the gameplay does get repetitive. It depends on your excitement of the combat, but... It presents both the best and worst things about a looter shooter. And that when you get a really cool gun, I mean, it's a cool looking weapon that you can still customize. I, I, like, hey, that's awesome. But, you know, going through all these weapons that you don't need. And then also the fact that some of these enemies are bullet sponges. They'll take so much hits in order to be able to feed. There's a boss fight that took so long to kill because of how much health it had. And that is because the game is built to be played in co-op. You play this by yourself, you're going to have the much lesser experience, which can be a problem, especially with the game's current issues with uh, the online system. I had my match set to public and through the whole time, nobody joined me. So I almost had my entire experience done in single player. And I'd have to go to the PlayStation communities to find someone who will then join my match. And even then that still comes up with some issues. Like if a, if say you're level 15, here comes this player who is level 39, all of the enemies in your game levels up to that player. So you're screwed while you're having to rely on your co-op partner to deal with everything. But it sounds, so it sounds like something you should play with friends and coordinate. You should play with friends who are around your level. Exactly. That's what I meant by coordinate. Yeah. And you can lower the difficulty, so is that. But, I mean, there's some other technical problems. Like, occasionally, the game would... Like, I would not press the pause button. The middle, like, uh, motion sensor... Not the, the... The middle pad of the PlayStation 4 controller. Where, where that brings up your menu. But the thing is, there's no pause button since it's always online. So you can pause and enemies could still attack you if they're nearby. And there'd be times where I'd be in the middle of a fight... And the game just paused on me. 
And it would be really frustrating because I would have to back out while I'm being shot at or being attacked by any of the monsters. And other bugs like that, like sometimes characters, their guns are missing, so they're just holding nothing. Or I fall through the floor and I I have to like restart and everything. How would it pause if you're, if you said it can't pause? No, you can't pause. The, the, The fact that this game is always online, you have to not be in the middle of combat if you want to change your gear or anything. But you said it paused. Well, well it pauses anyway. Like, well, I mean, it puts me into the character menu. That's what I meant to say. Oh. Yeah. And so there are some frustrating bugs that it, it kind of turns me off from wanting to continue playing the game. Also, the fact that most of the time I have trouble finding other players it sucks because this is a solid i mean this is an above average action game but it's a game it it felt like it was built to be a single player slash co-op experience then someone told them hey we need to make this a live service you need to be always connected to a server which that sucks because that means someday this game is the server is going to go down and then you won't be able to play it but then it's so, okay, but I'm still getting the same, like, Destiny vibe. Like, you can play it on your own, but you can also coordinate with the other people. And Yeah, yeah, you can't play it on your own, but you are still having to connect. Like, you can't okay. play it offline. But it, it, it's still, I think it's still valid, like, works for everything else, as long as you, you know, find. Well, Destiny 2 is do. also free to play now. What? Does it? I'm I'm saying gameplay-wise, it's still, okay. it fits okay. the bill. Right. I'm not talking about price-wise, just... It runs in the same flow of what's happening. Yeah. Just coordinate with someone. Yeah. Beforehand. And I, I guess the thing is, I do enjoy the combat, the some of the, the, the repetitive nature of it. I, I can kind of forgive. It's all these technical bugs that really stop me from wanting to really enjoy the game. But just the fact of it being a live service, it shows the issues with this. So like whenever a game is always online, I, I I get sort of turned off by that. Like, unless if it's Apex Legends or Fall Guys or something like or along those lines, I tend to try to stay away. Like open world games that are sixty bucks that you know you could play in co op, but require you to be in a, a server. But I don't like that. I know some people do because yeah, I mean yeah, Destiny has a lot of fans, and then there is Ubisoft. Ubisoft loves this. Every one of their games, you have to be connected to the freaking Uplay server. And that's the biggest downfall of this. And it sucks. It's such a tragedy because it's not a bad game by any means. But I cannot recommend it on $60 on its current state. And even on its best state, I'll still say maybe go for 40 bucks or 50 Maybe just shave off, like, make a... a just a few dollars less. Because on PlayStation 5, it's probably $70. And by that, I would not recommend it at that price. It, now, the fact that if you're an Xbox gamer, you get it for free, then, you know, it's something to try out. And with your friends, if you got buddies to play a game that is solid, though, does nothing new. I mean, yeah. But are you in for the adventure or the adventure? I, I mean... I mean, it's fun. It's a fun adventure. The characters are fun, and and uh, you know the boss fights. It can be exciting, even if it gets samey. You, I mean, you're still fighting a lot of enemies on screen. Like, you're still in the action. It, it's just not people could fly's best work, and I feel like they're at their best when they don't have to deal with online play. Like I think they had an online mode for. Boldstorm, I think that was the worst version of, or the worst part of the game. This is just not their strong suit. But it's not like, I, I, that's the thing, is I'm rooting for them more than I am for Marvel's Avengers. Because that really did feel like it was trying to cash in on people's love for Marvel. While this feels like someone's vision, and just someone told them they had to make this always online. So, I, yeah, I would give it like a 6 out of 10, but when everything's working, no more than a 7. This is good-ish, but also okay-ish. It's weird how I even say this, but unfortunately, it is not the best uh, this year's have to offer. It sucks. I I was rooting for this all the way. Thankfully, this was a holiday gift, so I didn't spend my hard-earned cash on this game. 
I don't think anybody should until it is fixed. Because there was even reports of it uh, holding up the data, like SSD drives have like is 29 gigabytes of crash data. So there's already some issues that they need to sort out, but they need to sort this out because I was frustrated as heck trying to have fun and enjoy this game and going in through just numerous types of bugs. This is no Fallout 76 or Anthem. Anybody who compares this to that, no, stop. But it definitely could have been better. Oh boy. Pac-Man 99. (laughs) Well, this is another online game, technically, because it's a battle royale where you're playing Pac-Man against 99 other people. Or 98 other people, actually. This is another one of uh, Nintendo's 99 or 35. Just get a big number of players on screen. See who is the best at this classic game. They started with Tetris. And that became a hit. Now, I'll tell you, I was not a fan of Tetris 99. Or uh, the Super Mario 3D. Or not Super Mario 3D. The, the Super Mario 35. Or where you're playing Super Mario Brothers with 34 other people. I feel like with those games, like with Tetris 99, I played this like right after playing something like Tetris Effect, where that was such a gorgeous love letter to Tetris by also having all these neat musical beats. Like it's basically where you're playing this neon Tetris game with all different rule sets and each of the uh, Tetris blocks, they play to a different song. And it's like one of the best Tetris game, if not the best Tetris game I've played. Uh, but this, I was just not crazy about. It I was just okay. You're just play, you're playing Tetris against ninety other people, playing it as it is. And the fact is, it's really who plays Tetris faster. The same with Super Mario Thirty Five. I was like, okay, well, why am I playing this when there is Mario Maker Two? Because this feels like this could have been added onto that game instead of its own thing. With Pac-Man 99, they've actually added an element here that I think is actually really clever. As far as what the game, I mean, do I have to explain what Pac-Man 99? What Pac? Do I have to explain how to play Pac-Man? Really, really, really? My mom calls my podcasts an iPad, and she knows how to play Pac-Man. Stop. The entire podcast is an iPad. Yeah, she's like, "What is he, what is it? The iPad or iPod or what? What is it called?" I'm like, "Podcast." Wow, wow. What? what, what it's, a, it's a non. You can't. That's anyway. I'm just saying, is anybody could play Pac-Man, so I don't need to tell you how to play the game. But I will say the added element here is that there are these hollow ghosts. That, that you find like basically on on the the pac-man board there's like these lineup of hollow ghosts and what you could do is you go up and or pac-man eats these hollow goat or touches these hollow ghosts and then they get attached to one of the ghosts and that ghost becomes a choo-choo train of ghosts lined up together so when you get the power pellet and all the ghost turns blue you can just eat up that entire train of ghosts to rack up a combo. Where in the case of a battle royale, that just creates more messes of the other player in the form of these hollow uh, Pac-Man. And these hollow Pac-Man will be serve as an extra obstacle uh, where they'll try to slow your Pac-Man down for the ghosts to catch up and you know touch the or touch Pac-Man as you know what happens. And there will even be these red Hollow Pac-Man that if you touch them, then there goes a life. So it kind of plays out like a roguelike in some way. The more you keep going on, the more mess that goes on, on on your board and you're having to survive. And the way to get through the Hollow Pac-Man is by going behind them and eating them up or, or eating a power pellet so all of them disappear. And as it goes on, it speeds up as well because there's less players to compete with, so it's trying to shake up the challenge. That's pretty much how it goes. I mean, you know, last Pac-Man alive, standing, and the matches are super quick, unlike Outriders. (laughs) You just go into a match, and just like that, you're playing the game. And 
Pac-Man 99 alone, the multiplayer component is free to play. So you can download it on your Switch and play to your hearts, can play as many matches as you want. Your reward for it is just leveling up and getting more emblems. So for some people who would be like, I want more than that. Maybe in a post-launch update, if they plan to support this later on, I think that is an interesting point. Maybe that will be, but for now, all you get out of playing it is just, you know, achieving that high score on the online leaderboards and then getting more emblems to change on your profile. Now, if you were to go, yeah, I want to get the full game. The game itself costs $15. And for that, you do get three additional modes and a bunch of skins. Like you can actually change the board to be like something else. And you get like eight or four or eight skins on uh, your Pac-Man board, which include like Lego Pac-Man and some other like cute, uh, neat twists there. But the other modes are like score attack, which is, you know, uh, racking up as much to achieve a high score as the board gets more tense. Uh, and then there's also a uh, sort of a survival type mode where you're trying to eat all 12 fruits before losing all your life or or before time runs out, actually. And then going against the computer players to just practice and home your skills to base off against online. And all these modes are neat. They actually provide new ways to play around with this whole element that they've added specifically for this game. They're really neat because, well, I freaking love this game. My note is that I haven't played Pac-Man in ages and ages and ages because it's such a, a very simple game, I guess. I would have arcade things, but I think I did play it at the... The National Video Game Museum, which is close by, uh, and I think that's the last time I played it, which is like when it opened. But um, yeah, nostalgia and retro. Well, that was cool. The other thing is that while this game is fifteen dollars, there's a deluxe edition that's thirty bucks. What that gives you is all these additional skins, and I actually like what they do with the skins. I didn't get like I didn't pay for all of them but i paid for a couple uh one w- w- which is galaga and uh dig dug also another uh, namco classic so they have all based on all of the retro namco bandai titles or bandai namco whichever one you want to say they change uh, visually they change it up so much like if you're playing dig dug like pac-man is replaced with the dig dug protagonist and all of the ghosts turn into the enemies of Dig Dug. And instead, like the sound effects and music is replaced with from the game. And the board even kind of looks like Dig Dug and even the background and everything. So they do add a nice little visual change, even though gameplay wise, it's still the same thing. And I guess you could say for some people, it depends how much you really enjoy Pac-Man. And that's how much you're going to be invested into this. Because for those who say, yeah, I don't, I don't know about those arcade games. I'll play a match if that's it. Then yeah, then maybe you'll just be fine playing the multiplayer mode for free. And that's it. But I think with this added element they put in, it adds a new strategic layer for this game. That makes it fun to try to master and get as far as you could. And it's one of the most neat twists to a retro game that I've played. Where, I mean, I mean, another thing is that it shows, despite what people say about Nintendo's online system, you know, I don't really think the online system is that bad, especially when you take it into the account of games like that. I know it's just Pac-Man's. So it's like, okay, what do you expect out of this? I mean, how could there be any lag? But the fact that it's able to kind of put all these players against each other, the massive number and run as smooth 60 frames per second or 120 on or on a full screen on the on the console and that's really cool and just messing with the different skins and testing your luck in the, the other modes it's a nice package that i will revisit and i want them to have post-launch updates as they did with tetris 99 i'd be really interested to see what they expand on with this so 
I think, yeah, for some people, just having that one mode or just a couple modes, it may not be may not be something you'll get totally hooked, especially that there isn't a lot of like in-game rewards, just emblems and skins and all that. You know, I I had a blast playing this. So it might be one of my favorite games this year. It depends on how things go the the, the uh, towards the very end, but I'm very enthusiastic about this, more so than with Tetris and Super Mario, because this felt like a new Pac-Man game. So, yeah, somewhere around an 8 or a 9 out of 10, but it's, I mean, if you got a Nintendo Switch, it's something to play, and uh, you'll kind of have a smile, and also want to have that one more match, see if you can beat everybody. What about you, Craig? Have you played it or no? No, I haven't gotten around to playing it yet, but it yeah. does look like a lot of fun. I put a lot of hours into Tetris 99, and that was yeah. pretty fun. I got a couple wins, not too many, but a few. Uh, Pac-Man 99 does look like a lot of fun. Um, just whenever I make the time to hop in, I'll be doing yeah. that. Well, I think what makes this difference, because uh, with Tetris 99 and Super Mario, you have to be faster than anyone else. This game, it's all about just surviving. Like you, you could be slower than other people. And as long as you can maneuver around the uh, hollow Pac-Man, then you can keep, hold your ground and just be in the top five or even be number one. It's just getting through all these obstacles that could thrown your way. And it's brings a new layer to a classic game that, you know, a lot of people remember playing and loving. So yeah, all good things about this. That leads to something that isn't good. Well, Sony, you know, I've been saying all this time, man, I really want to get a PS5. At this point, I don't know. I do want to, I mean, if somebody gives me a PS5, I'll take it. But I'm looking at what's going on with what where Sony is going. Now, Craig actually sent me an article found was very interesting. And that is Sony is playing to do a re-remake of The Last of Us. So after they made The Last of Us and did an HD remaster, they want to do a second remake of the game and likely to coincide with the HBO series that's coming out with Pedro Pascal and uh, whoever the other person is playing Ellie. But that's just the start. <laughs> Craig's already in disapproval, but oh no. It, Mad it, disapproval. Boo. Oh, it's, it, it doesn't end there because uh, another game was sacrificed for this to happen and that happened to be uh days gone Two, the sequel the first one now i'm not crazy about that game i think it's like the ant-man the wasp of the playstation video games but for the fan base it's got i mean i appreciate that it's not something where like man i didn't want to see now, if they make a second game which they said we wanted to make a sequel that was co-op and also had a shared universe with sound filter I think that is interesting. I would have loved to see that explored more than another Last of Us remake after we had The Last of Us, The Last of Us HD remaster and The Last of Us 2. And now a Last of Us HBO series that's coming out in a year or two. And this kind of goes into what, when Sony built the studio saying, hey, we want to focus on previously existing properties. I first got excited because I was like, okay, so maybe you're making new entries to Ape Escape or maybe someone's making new infamous game, Sly Sly Cooper maybe? It turns out that is not the direction here. No, they want to focus on making more games off of the current games that have been selling like hotcakes. I mean, that's again, all these are rumors. But we won't be surprised if this is the case, especially that they did recently shut down Sony Japan Studios. And there's even reports that Sony in America and Sony Japan are fighting each other for control. You could all point this back down to the current CEO, Jim Ryan, who is not making very good decisions. In fact, the previous CEO, Sean Layan, he had, there was a clip someone shared on Twitter, which was him saying about the game Vib, uh, Vib Ribbon. I got the name of it, but it's a rhythm game from the creators of Prap of the Rapper. And he said, uh, no, Vivid Ribbon. There was someone saying Vivid Ribbon didn't, 
sell it, it only sold a few million copies and and uh sean was like well that's the point he sean had this idea where you should take risk and it's okay to create a game that sells a few million copies that has a fan base or dedicated around it and jim ryan is like no throw that out the window we need games that are way too big to fail and that sounds like where microsoft was previously in the xbox 360 all they did was hey we'll make a halo game a gears of war and a forza any anything other than that we no we i think don matrick is the name of the the last ceo but he said something in an interview that is interesting because it reflects who jim ryan is today our current boss or the current sony boss he said when someone asked is there any gonna be any more like oh banjo kazooie we want a new banjo kazooie game and don matrick was like no you don't nobody wants a new banjo kazooie game who said that and you see jim ryan today going who wants to play playstation 2 playstation 1 and playstation 3 games like i I just don't get it and that's what some people say about the the whole back and forth between microsoft and and sony is like they take turns having a horrible CEO just screw things up for everyone. But Sony's CEO seems to be going in a, in a very uh, uncomfortable direction. Because going back to what we know of the PS3 or PSN stores on PS3 shutting down and that there is this eternal external clock or what what is powered by a battery that if it becomes desynchronized, all of your digital purchases or digital apps, they will no longer work. So Rihanna, you will no longer be able to watch Amazon or Netflix. That console is digital done. It turns out that clock might actually be coming in sooner because there's reports that some people had trouble downloading a few games because of errors that they received. Like they're starting... I was like, well, you promised that things would still work and already we're showing that's not the case. And I remember one of my previous co-hosts, before I had Rihanna as my as my uh, main co-host and you know what, what brought the show together, I had to switch and find a different co-host. And one of my older, like temporary co-hosts, uh, Patrick of uh, the Land Cave, he was like, hey, don't, I know what Sony said, but don't bet on it because they're not going to... Uh, stay true to their word and he was right and that would suck if if it go fully goes that way the last thing is that on top of wanting to just make another last of us another uncharted another horizon zero dawn after you got a sequel to that another god of war just keep making games that everybody knows already they want to turn them into mobile games so they're having a right after saying we're done with handheld gaming there is now a, uh, a a patient out there to make more mobile games based off of known Sony franchises. I was like, this is not a, a good look for a, a company that people love of knowing how much creativity they put into even some of their weirder titles. And keep in mind, even in this console generation, the PS5, you're still getting a few like, you know, uh, interesting, like very unique type of games. I mean, uh, House Mosquito, I think it's House Mosquito, right? The guys who did uh, Super Stardust and they got a new game out called Returnal. That's a uh, roguelike, like space shooter where you're trying to recapture your memories. That's coming out at the end of this month, I think. Unfortunately, PS5 exclusive, again, I don't have one. But additionally, there is a game coming out actually in September or no, August, for both the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. And it's like this fantasy Pikmin-style game that, because uh, when I, I, I saw it, I was like, wow, this looks really cool. I even saw the trailers for it. Ken, okay, Kenya Bridges Spirits. And Sony has not been advertising. Spirits? Yeah, Ken, Kenya Bridges Spirits. That's the name of the game. It was revealed at the Game Awards. So again, this is the problem with Sony is that they've got some unique titles on their still coming on their platform that they're not giving enough advertisement to. You probably forgot that this game is coming out 
in August that I didn't because I was like, wow, this looks exciting. The rats seem quite fond of him. They're usually timid. <laughs> Something tells me you did not come to our village looking for forest creatures. Hello, spirit. I seek passage to the sacred mountain shrine. Our village is bound to the shrine's energy. But that power faded long ago. So yeah, this is a gorgeous like fantasy adventure game where you have these cute little critters. You try to control them to do all these things, kind of like Pikmin in a way. Adipose. That's yeah. Doctor Who. The little fat things with faces that came off of yeah yeah like they're black adipose (laughs) i was like this looks so cool like it's it is beautiful by the way and i mean this is these lush environments does like this game should be a a interesting highlight to sell for a playstation 5 and now it is coming to ps4 as well but still i was like man this is a game that's on my radar i'm looking forward to it but nobody's talking about it Like, it's not getting as much hype as, say, Horizon, Forbidden West, or uh, what's another one? Even Ratchet & Clank is not... I mean, they revealed the the release trailer for it to be... or I mean, the release of the game to be in the middle of June. I didn't know about Ratchet & Clank, or did I forget about that also? (laughs) Yeah, there's a new Ratchet & Clank game, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, and they have not been advertising... They've been talking so much about horizons they even have a uh this is new they even have a crossover with fortnite where you can play as aloy from horizon zero dawn and like you're focused so much on that game and you're just forgetting about all these this is what makes playstation so interesting these very uh, magical like otherworldly games where you're just in these lush different settings and Sony's just like, okay, what about Uncharted? I'm like, I love Uncharted, but I, I played all the Uncharted games. We don't need any more Uncharted. I know there's a movie coming out, but it's, okay, so now we have to work some mobile game and all that. Uh, Craig, how are you feeling? <laughs> it, it, it's it's a bit much. Um, Sony is clearly favoring the AAA hitters, and it's really coming to the detriment of other games. Um, okay, so like you already said, they're putting aside Days Gone 2 for this this remake that nobody asked for. Days Gone didn't do that great upon initial release, but it also was a brand new IP. And now that it's come out on the PS5 and they've updated it even more for the PS4, it's pretty much glitch-free. Like, there's almost no ads. I've been playing through it myself, and I really enjoy the game. I was actually hoping they would do a sequel. Now I hear that there was a sequel that would have had multiplayer that I could play with my friends. Yeah. And, and you want to can that for what? A game that nobody's really asking for, honestly. Last of Us 1, fantastic. Last of Us 1 remaster like 10 years later, great. Last of Us 2, awesome. So why are you going to remake an entire game that you already remade once? Just, just for money, man. So well, you're just becoming a little bit obsessed with, with money and, and success and trying to compete with Microsoft is what it feels like. Well, I mean, not only that, but you mentioned like the last was part two that game actually had a controversial because there are some people love it some people hate it and when game the the, the uh uh state of not the state of play the, the game awards when it was just one big ad for the last of us part two there were so many people on twitter that complained about that that it was like what the crud so I don't think The Last of Us really has that much of a love as it did when the original game came out. I know there are people who love it. I mean, we're probably looking for the HBO live action series. And I think that's the reason why they're wanting to do another remake. Because it's like, hey, more money for the new audience for The Last of Us. You watch the show, play the game. I'm like, why can't you just, I don't know, re-release the same game on PS5? Or is the, does the game not hold up? All that years is it that dated? No, I think they're just trying to recapitalize on everyone who played it the first time and will get that nostalgia. I mean, especially what's it going to be? 70, 70 bucks a pop. 
100 bucks for the deluxe edition 120 maybe for the deluxe edition that's a lot of money that they're going to bring in now this one that you're showing here kina bridge of spirits like that is actually drawn in my interest the art style is very interesting it kind of looks like it could be a story told for children but the action is for adults you know like it it really looks like a high intensity god of war type game and you know like why can't we get more new worlds like this to draw us in as opposed to revisiting old worlds yeah by the way the game releases on august 24th and you can pre-order right now like you go check it out yeah and uh, exactly like god of war Uh, it it looks cool well, actually, it kind of reminds me of uh, Beyond Good and Evil, or at least some of those like fancy action adventure games where you're just in this these otherworldly. Or yeah, it reminds me of what Ubisoft used to do before they got in these life series. Because there's a bit of, I don't know, like that that I forgot the director of Rayman and uh, Beyond Good and Evil's name, but that type of style he likes to put in his games that 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 uh, rich fantasy. Uh, I mean, I mean, just looking at parts of this trailer and just seeing how the world goes. And I think this is either the PS5 or the PS4 version. By their versions, this looks amazing. Like, I'm looking for it. And by the way, this is $40. So that that's also piques my interest because most of these games are 60 or 70. This is going for 40. And I, I'm going to support this. It, it might, and that's the thing is, this might be a uh, free PlayStation Plus game for PS5 owners. If, if not, I'll still pre-order, happily pre order and support this because this is the type of games I want to see. And even for games I currently love, like God of War or uh, Uncharted, Uncharted, for example, I loved all the Uncharted games. I don't need another one. Don't make like an Uncharted 6 where now. <laughs> Now, now, like Nathan Drake, even though he's old, he's got one last mission. I'm like, stop. Or it's his, his, his sister going on, or his daughter going on adventures. Now, leave Uncharted be. And there's, there's talks about doing more with Uncharted now that they have the Uncharted movie. So Sony is just responding to brands now. They're not even a creative company, or at least what they're Jim Ryan. <laughs> where Sean Layden, I mean, he is actually seeing all this happen that people are saying, I miss Sean Layden. I want him to be the boss again. He's liking everybody's tweets. So he knows stuff is going down at Sony, not in a good way. I bet Jack Trenton is even looking at Jim Ryan like, what are you doing? You're destroying the foundation that I built. Yeah, because he was the original CEO for Sony since the original PlayStation. So he's probably like, why... What are you doing to something that I, I created? Yeah, it makes me look at Xbox like maybe I should get an Xbox Series X or X. Because when you go over to Microsoft, they got they got they got all these franchises. I mean, again, they got Rare, they got uh, Obsidian and Bethesda. There is even rumors that they're buying Konami and getting the Castlevania, Silent Hill, and uh, Metal Gear franchise. So if all that is on Xbox, but now you ask, why am I still interested in getting a PS5 over an Xbox after hearing all this? And you know how Phil Spencer is doing such a great job in the Game Pass, how that has been soaring for Microsoft. The one thing that Sony still has over Xbox, I think, is that Sony is already showing you titles you could play on their console. You're seeing gameplay of Kenna Bridge of Spirits right here. That is coming on August uh, 24th. Meanwhile, Microsoft, I'm trying to think, okay, why do I want an Xbox Series X? Well, Halo Infinite, but that comes out in the fall, and that's reportedly going under changes. But then other franchises, like Perfect Dark, for example. I love Perfect Dark. I want to see a new Perfect Dark game. But all they gave me was a CG teaser, and I don't know anything about what that game will entail or when it will come out. Probably won't come out until maybe 2023 or 2024. So I'm buying a game for, I'm buying a console for games that, you know, while I would be looking forward to, aren't going to happen in a while. And that's the thing that, because Microsoft's buying these studios, but they they haven't released anything yet. So that's the only reason why I'm still mainly focused on the ps5 because it's got games i want to play over than microsoft i mean there are people who love microsoft's uh, presentations of not showing gameplay but i i don't get that that's not really for me 
So until Microsoft shows a bunch of exclusives with gameplay and you know everything about them and when they're coming out, then I'm on I'm on Team Xbox. I'm gonna get an Xbox Series S or X. I might still get one anyway because I do plan to own both consoles. I'm not. It, I don't have fan allegiance to anybody because both of these are corporations. And honestly, PC gaming is looking to be bigger and bigger. The fact that even some of the, like Kenna Bridge of Spirits, that's also coming on Steam. It's not just a console game. You can get this on Steam when it releases. So there's that. Yeah. I mean, I hope, all these are rumors, by the way. So for all we know, next week could come out and say, oh, none of this is true. I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, well, well I'm, I'm liking the uh, the Bridge of Spirits one. Oh yes, I am looking forward to this. This is one of my most anticipated games. I don't care what anybody says. I'm looking forward to this. Ah, well, we'll find out. Craig, you wanted to say something about Adro real quick? It sucks. <laughs> no. Uh, the opposite, actually. I, I thought I was going to continue with the same thing I had last week where I was like, it's okay. I'm not really sure. I wouldn't spend money on it. Um, I am about 80% of the game done, except for the two mystery levels at the end, which you have to unlock. And it's great for the amount of content that they give you. That's what I've experienced now that I haven't last time. I've played through a lot more. And the amount of content they give you in that game, it's a lot. I know that last week I was complaining because the first level took me 16 minutes and the second level took me like an hour and some change. Once I got used to that kind of format for the levels that every hour is going to take you, every level is going to take you one to two hours. um, I was able to enjoy it a little bit more. I became more attached to the characters. I really wanted to save more of the Mudukins. I wasn't, I didn't really care before, whereas now it's like, I need to save every single one of y'all. Y'all are my friends. Y'all are my fam. We're going to, we're going to be rescued. Really good game. Definitely check it out. If you don't have a PS5 and you can't cop it for free, I would still say it's worth the full price, 100%. Which the full price for a PS4 owner would be $40. I want us to get $40. That's right. For, it's not even 60 So if you want a game that's going to enter, entertain you, you know, easily 15 hours plus for a single playthrough, and there's benefits of doing multiple playthroughs, yeah, worth it. Okay. Yeah, I, w- I love uh, Oddworld Stranger's Wrath, so, you know, yeah. That it's will... cool. Like, I might go back and play some of the other Oddworlds just so I can understand more about, um, you know, this this crazy world that they've built with these weird creatures and find out exactly what happened and how they came to be this way. It's really interesting. Well, with that game, I feel like w- when you said that you didn't understand what was going on in the story at first, I think that's because the fact that it is a, a direct sequel to uh, Oddworld New and Tasty. So you probably would need to play that in order to get the full picture. But Oddworld Stranger's Wrath is its own condensed story. Like it's taking place in the same universe, but it has nothing to do with uh, Abe's Odyssey. You might run into characters who look like it later on, but that's like a, its own Bounty Hunter action game that I, I really love it's like one of my favorite games of all time but uh which is on the switch now in addition to other platforms there uh, yeah so uh that is what we got and uh next week there's some crazy indie games i want to talk about for next week so that'll be that and whatever happens happens until then and also this weekend i'm actually not going to originally i said i was going to host another hangout because last week was fun me and rihanna we played a bunch of uh, wacky games with some uh, gorgeous human beings. Two people from who I interviewed from the podcast before, and then also someone who became a fan of my show. And I'm just really blessed about that. And she is just really sweet. Um, just love playing with her and, and Tanya, of course. But this week, I'm going to be playing Cards with Humanity with uh, Jasmine. So, yeah, Cards Against Humanity. Yeah. So maybe next time, because next week we're going to be roasting the Oscars. So that, that'll be a fun thing to do on. Uh, again, join the Discord. All aboard the Discord. Pond Express community. A lot of fun things going on. Progressively getting more members too. And uh, Facebook.com says Pond Stress. Instagram says Pond Stress. I mean, th- this podcast recording would be anywhere. Anywhere. Uh, SoundCloud, you know, if you own a audio listening platform, we're here. Little video clips will be on TikTok and Insta Reels, both under Pond Stress. And also Twitter at Chuspawn64. Rihanna's Hermione617 doing some fun things twice a week on her streams. Nothing planned or anything. I don't know. 
Uh, we've yeah. been doing co-op Stardew on Saturdays and Whoa. cities on City Skylines on Tuesdays. Yeah, I need to play that. Craig's on Bird Up and he's got his things going on too. That's right. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Bird Up, B-I-R-D-Triple-U-P. Um, usually do a ton of Destiny content. This month I'm going to switch it up and try to beat Oddworld and Days Gone by the end of the month so we can get started with Returnal on April 30th. So look forward right. to that. Yeah, that's the next uh, PlayStation game. Yes. Uh, yeah, I hope that's good. So still need to get a PS5. <laughs> I, I, I'm as, looking as for you, I'm man. Home. I'm looking. I'm trying to see what's out there. But like, it's it, as soon as they're listed, they're gone. It, it, I'm, I'm talking credit about Sony yet. I still want a PS5. <laughs> oh. That's how they get you. Yeah. Until next time, take care.